The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spa, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, those of you who listen regularly to Purse Strings know that I typically share kind of news of the week in the marketing to women space at this time, and we kind of go into a purse profile. Well, we're not going to do that today. We're actually going to deviate because... I've got a really good conversation. I want to have a good conversation with Kelly Thompson. She's actually my colleague here at Carmichael Lynch. Uh, she's the Senior Partner Director of Brand Planning at, at this agency. And uh, she and I conducted some proprietary research earlier this year around women and how uh, we've really been dealing with the recession over the last four years and how we're coping it, coping with it. Um, it's the, the presentation is called Decoding Her New Normal, Emerging from the Recession, and we actually presented it for the very first time a couple of weeks ago at the Marketing to Women Conference in Chicago. And, you know, I talk about that conference a lot on here. And uh, it was a fun time. Kelly and I learned a lot, and uh, we shared the results of this study. It just felt right to have Kelly come on the program and talk with me about these results. I think that you'll find them um, insightful and applicable, and uh, it should be a fun time. So uh, stick around. Uh, Kelly Thompson coming up in just a moment after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. 
Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Kelly Thompson, Senior Partner, Director of Brand Planning at Carmichael Lynch, the sister agency to my place of work, Carmichael Lynch Spong. We're all housed together right here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Kelly guides the strategic evolution of the brands that our agencies fight for every day. Uh, Not only does she do fantastic work in the brand planning area here on behalf of our clients, but over the span of her career, she's partnered with so many other clients as well, a lot of diverse consumer segments from Xbox to H&R Block to Jack Link's Beef Jerky to St. Ives. Now, before coming to Carmichael Lynch, Kelly was at Space 150 and Campbell Methune, leading teams there, and I'm so excited to have Kelly on today. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks, Maria. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, um, for those of you out there, I, I think I mentioned this on a couple of other shows, we actually presented at the Marketing to Women conference, what, just a few weeks ago, Kelly, around um, some, yeah, some proprietary research that we had fielded earlier this year called Decoding Her New Normal, Women Emerging from the Recession. And, you know, I don't talk a lot about the work we do here at the agency, but I felt like, especially since this is purse strings and it's all about marketing to women, it felt right to talk about what we found out um, when it comes to really how women have kind of been dealing with the recession. And we found some pretty, you know, interesting things and we were able to share that at the conference, which was a ton of fun, didn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I went into it, it was my first time at the conference. And I went into it knowing that it would be interesting and and you're kind of a veteran of the conference and I heard kind of the stories and the people that I would meet, but I walked away thinking it was more than interesting, that it was really important. So I was glad to be a part of it and um, and to share some of our insights, um, but even more glad to have met the people that I met and really um, kind of dive into what I think is a really important topic for our industry. Yeah, it is. It's it's really critical. It it affects not only our clients, but pretty much every company out there. What's been going on the last, what, four years since 2008 when really the recession took hold. And I think, you know, honestly, we all started feeling it. I personally started feeling it then. And, and certainly from a business standpoint, I think we all started feeling it. And, um, you know, I think it's all, it's kind of all when it began. And I know I've talked about it on purse strings, but in 2008, 
really we called that recession a man session because, uh, you know, more men ended up losing their jobs at that time. But what's kind of crazy uh, about it all is um, as we look at that today in 2012, uh, more women than men are losing um, the jobs um, out there. Mm-hmm. And, God, you know, I know the stress has been super high. Everything from um, not only the job stability situation, but the payroll gap, which we've managed to close to some degree in the last 30 to 40 years since entering the job market in full force. But the stress has just been significant. Money, housing costs, economy, health, all those things. And I know um, when we were doing some digging around on even what we were going to do the research project about, you know, we were stumbling across quotes from experts saying, you know, chronic stress has severe physical, emotional, and mental um, impact. And so I think, you know, that's really was the stimulus, I think, behind us saying, well, my gosh, this is, this is significant. The situation's dire. And... Um, how are how are women coping with all of this? And uh, we found some, you know, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I remember our first conversation about it and how we were kind of talking about this. This isn't just a financial crisis. It's potentially right. a family crisis, a personal crisis, and it affects every woman. You know, whether the change has been significant, job loss, foreclosure, um, or maybe more minor, more peripheral, all of us, there's none of us that are immune to what has happened over the last four years. And I think when we started our journey um, into this study, as as we always do, we start with really extensive desktop research. And there was oodles of data and information out there about the recession, about the economic realities. And, I, you know, I think to my surprise, to our surprise, very little about kind of the emotional ramifications and how women were coping. And so, um, you know, what we did was really kind of devise uh, a methodology that we thought could kind of get to that more emotional, psychological underbelly. And we knew that that, you know, was likely going to be kind of complex research um, to do. And so uh, what we did was kind of frame out a a multi-phased approach that started with just going out there and talking to women and not in sterile focus group kind of environments, but around dining room tables with groups of girlfriends. Um, So we could really have kind of more of an intimate understanding of what are, you know, how have their behaviors changed? What are their new attitudes? Uh, Get to that heart of how they're coping. And then we followed that up with, Um, digging into, you know, trying to get some kind of quantitative meat around some of the insights that we were unearthing. And we um, conducted a survey with a thousand women, had a lot of open-ended questions in there. So not just data, but getting those good verbatims, having women contextualize the answers that they were giving us. Um, Then moved into some ethnographic research where we used Facebook as a tool to get a really intimate view of their life over the course of a week um, so we could see patterns kind of emerging in their coping mechanisms and then followed that up with um, some one-on-one interviews. And then at the very kind of end of this process, um, we, we took all the insights that we were gleaning and we're able to kind of model what were what ended up being some kind of mindset archetypes 
using syndicated uh, resources like MRI and Simmons, which are kind of industry standard tools for understanding your target audience. And what we loved about that is um, it made it so that we could, we had some insights that we could really customize to a particular category or brand. So that was our research journey, quite a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it was, uh, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, and it, was, it took about four months, but um, it was necessary to really understand this complex topic. Yeah, I, I, there were some highlights in there for me. Those girlfriend groups were just so informative. I was surprised as ha- at how forthcoming those groups yeah. were and just really, you know, when you're in that intimate setting of just three or four of you sitting around, maybe having a glass of wine, you get such rich data and women are so uh, forthcoming in those kinds of areas and that really laid the groundwork. And then um, the, the ethnographies just added that, that, hu- that really rich a personal glimpse inside someone's life. And so I think that multi-layered methodology is why we came up with so much rich insight around what we, what, well, it ended up being three coping mindsets, right, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, what we found was um, there were three what we call dominant coping mindsets. So they're not necessarily discrete. Um, we each have a dominant one, and we might have a secondary and even slide into a tertiary mindset. Um, but when we look at these dominant mindsets uh, and the insights um, that we garnered around them, um, we find some really interesting territory and clues for how brands can tap into um, the real emotional landscape of women today in a relevant way and in an empathetic way, um, which is important. These, these women, we were talking, like you said, Maria, that, you know, the, the methodology allowed us kind of these more intimate venues where they were really kind of bearing their soul about how they feel about their life and then how they feel about kind of the marketplace and their role in it right now. And they're really craving authentic connection and acknowledgement from brands of their new normal, um, hence kind of our, our title for this um, for, for this uh, study. But the, the coping mindsets, so dominant coping mindsets, the first one was the creative controller. Second, we have a connection craver. And the third, an escape artist. And then each of those, we have um, a, a really nice kind of robust profile of that are articulated in about five key insights. Yeah, some really great insights and then some implications I know that we shared at the conference. And gosh, I wish I had an hour and a half per strings to devote to this because I know you and I could talk all day about it. But uh, to try to keep it within, you know, the half hour time, you know, listeners out there, we're going to go through this pretty quickly. But I still think there's just a lot of great insight that, that you all can take away and start applying right away. Um, but the the first one we found, as you said, was that creative controller. And this was a fairly large number of the women we spoke with. Yeah, it it was. She ends up being about 60% of the population, so 60% of the population, to be clear, uh, exhibits the creative controller as her dominant coping mindset. 
Um, and she, well, you, you know, there's a quote from one of our creative controllers that I think sums it up well. I, I focus on the things that I control and like about my life to make the other stuff not so bad. So you see some of her key values kind of coming through in the tenor of that quote. She's positive. Um, she, you know, really believes in kind of simplicity. So she's talking about focusing and efficiency um, and overall kind of harmony. Um, this is a woman that really believes in pulling herself up by the bootstraps and making the best of the here and now. Um, you know, she's particularly sensitive um, when it comes to kind of how she views the last four years to what she perceives as, you know, kind of economic, political, and environmental instability. It's, boy, it just seems like the world's gone crazy to her. Um, in the same sense, you know, that's kind of her external, you know, point of view. Her internal point of view, she feels like she's just got an overcrowded life, you know, too much stuff on the schedule, and wearing too many hats, just too many responsibilities. Um, so that's really what's driving this kind of coping, um, the coping behaviors of the creative controller. She totally feels overwhelmed, to your point. And mm -hmm. um, as a result, I think we see some pretty um, interesting actions that I know kind of surprised us a little bit. Um, that first yeah. one that you're going to talk about especially. Yeah, it's interesting. We call this employees the oxygen mask rule. <laughs> I think as we're just always on planes. So that was the first yeah, thing that came to mind. Yeah, but sure. we all know we all know what the flight attendants have to say to us when that oxygen mask comes down. You're <laughs> gonna put it on yourself before helping anyone else. And you know, we I always think you know, as a woman that just feels so counterintuitive. I you know, you want to put other people first, right? You want to take right. care of those around you. And so in our survey, you know, we asked uh women what area of your life is it most important to have a sense of control in? And um, no big surprise. Number one is she wants a sense of control when it comes to her relationships, so her family, her close friends. We then asked her, you know, so what's the number one way that you go about trying to gain a sense of control in your life? And there she said, taking care of myself. So it really is that kind of old adage of kind of an oxygen mask rule. You know, I mean, she she is putting that into practice and she is self-aware that, you know what, you know, we heard getting the right amount of sleep. I'm going to the doctor more often. Um, I'm trying, you know, I'm making efforts to eat healthier. Um, that taking care of herself has um, a great influence on the well-being of the environment and the relationships around her. Pretty interesting, huh? Mm -hmm, really? Yeah. So that that one kind of popped for us. Another insight that really popped for us, I think, because we just, you know, we think, oh, we're coming, you know, or we're emerging from a recession, but jobs aren't too good for women right now, and and certainly this, it's a slow kind of trod out mm -hmm. of the recession. People are really tightening those purse strings. You know, we're thinking. What's interesting about this woman, though, is she is spending on technology. She thinks of technology as kind of her arsenal of tools to help her gain a sense of control in her life. So she talks a lot about her usage of this, you know, her smartphone, um, calendars, uh, alarms, different planning apps that she's using. Um, but not just, you know, her smartphone or her iPad, which she does over-index for usage of, but or ownership of, but also, um, you know. Tools like uh, to help her clean. You know, 
it's, I think we've all heard of the Roomba. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, one woman was referencing that. It just helped tick one of those chores off of her list. Remember, she feels like she has an overcrowded life, too many responsibilities. So she's going to let technology handle that one chore for her. Yeah, I need um, a Roomba. Thought, I don't know about you. I, I need know. a Roomba. <laughs> Me too. A personal bus would be nice too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we thought that was really interesting. Another insight that rose to the top is that um, her number one financial behavior right now isn't about the here and now, but it's really about the future. She's she's kind of weaving safety nets. She talks a lot about shoring up her financial life for life's little emergencies. Um, so you see there, she's a planner. She's thinking ahead. Um, and, you know, one woman was even saying she she takes all of kind of her husband and her will go through all of their needs and wants. She'll list them all out. They'll rank order them. They will only buy what's on that list, and they're often going to pay cash for it. So she's a really purposeful planner and working to eliminate debt as well to weave those safety nets. Um, let's see here. And so then uh, I said there was kind of five key insights for each of these. The fourth one was that she's really seeking an edited life, uh, not just um, in terms of uh, what she has in her home, which is certainly a big part of it. So this woman over-indexes for statements like, I decide what I, you know, what I want before I go shopping. Um, purposeful again, and when I when I'm shopping, I get what I need and I get out of there. Mm-hmm. So we really see what kind of shopper she is. But she's also whittling things off of her to-do list and her schedule. She's starting to practice to say no to things. Um, I think this is hard for this woman, but she realizes it's really important to kind of edit down that list of responsibilities. And then in that same vein, this kind of idea of editing. Um, she sees kind of mastering her spaces as, um, and, and by that I mean, you know, it could be anything from her her junk drawer to her office, her car, the living room, or even as one respondent in the ethnography took pictures of her refrigerator and was saying, you know, when things start to feel chaotic in my life, I, I take time to kind of go in there, organize my refrigerator, and I just feel so much better. It's a huge stress relief for her to, accomplish a task that a lot of us uh, really abhor. (laughs) Um, But it's that idea of kind of mastering the spaces around you, having that control and that feeling of organization really is um, a a coping mechanism for her. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Those insights, I think, lead to a lot of ways that companies can end up helping her, right? Kind of help her help herself. I mean, you said yep. this woman, you know, pulls herself up by her bootstraps. You know, she's she knows that if she's got to, if anybody's going to get it done, she's got to get it done. And so I do, you know, I know we've talked about this a lot, that just from a messaging standpoint, if companies can say, you know, here's how my product can help you. Here are the benefits. Um, here, here's how they can solve your problems. Just that straightforwardness, it'll cut mm-hmm. through the clutter for her. And I, I think, too, it also demonstrates that we get her. You know, we understand she's got a complex, busy, harried life. And we're not, we're not you know, kind of putting out this aspirational woman that looks like she's got her act together. I mean, clearly... We don't have our acts together, and so, we, you know, we need to be able to demonstrate that. Uh, companies need to be able to demonstrate that, and brands, yeah. again, need to be able to help her. 
And as you said, she's she's looking to um, get in and get out. So, you know, that, that comes with the front end of doing a bunch of research before she ever walks into uh, a store. And so if we can help her with that, that's huge. And then just that whole retail experience, you know, how how that feels and looks when she walks in and are we making it easy for her? I mean, there's just tons of implications to this mindset. We could go on and on all day about them. We won't because we don't have that much time. But that's just some initial ideas that we had that I know that we've talked about and we've also shared um, in this presentation um, that that are just some really critical ways to connect with her. And speaking of connection, you know, that other mindset that connection craver. And this is a completely different kind of woman, isn't, isn't she? It really is, and you know, my before we kind of went in and put volume around um, each of these mindsets, I was thinking she was going to be the largest yeah, uh, dominant mindset. Yeah, I mean, we saw that, you know, in her last kind of national crisis after 9-11, um, connection, and we we had a couple, you know, sociological terms for it, whether it was kind of, um, you know, nesting or hiving, kind of going out there and shoring up your community connections um, were the dominant kind of behaviors. Uh, here, this connection craver is actually the smallest um, of the three mindsets, but um, we see a lot of kind of similar coping techniques um, uh, from those kind of, uh, you know, a decade or so ago when we were noticing the hiving. So this woman is really, she, you know, one of them said, I think, um, very succinctly, I cope with change by relying on the support of my family because it reminds me that I'm not alone in my situation. So that's really important to her, a sense of solidarity and support. She's, um, you know, she feels like she's got just choice and information overload. She kind of works in a sense of uncertainty. I don't, I don't know what's real. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's the right choice. Um, you know, especially when it comes to per, uh, purchases and her role in kind of the marketplace. So what she really values is um, trust, you know, tr the trust that she has in her inner circle, but also with brands, um, authenticity, uh, you know, and a sense of intimacy and familiarity. And we see, um, you know, when those insights popped up for this woman as well, that sense of intimacy and familiarity really came through on who that inner circle was. You know, I think you and I, Maria, we're kind of used to um, seeing the, the female uh, friends, that group of kind of girlfriends, um, as being a real key influencer um, in purchase decisions. And what we saw here in the data was that their partner, their spouse, their husband, rose to the very top of influencer when it comes to um, purchase decisions and where she seeks advice and support. So yeah, that, that was, was really, really surprising. Totally surprising. Mm -hmm. I think even when we kind of shop that around here within the agency, people were surprised by that. So it wasn't just yeah. you and me. I think people were like, "Really? It's not their, mm -hmm. you know, their wide range of girlfriends." And then what the other one that popped though was the parents. Talk about that one. That was another real big aha. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen, you know, prior to the recession that parents were almost kind of shunned when it came to purchase decisions because they're not, you know, they don't necessarily get my lifestyle right now in the here and now, what my tastes are, 
um, what it's like to be me in my generation at my life stage. And um, that's really flipped. So mom and dad are now popping very high for influence, um, even going to, you know, when it comes to like millennials and Gen X to grandpa and grandma. Um, one woman said, you know, she's been speaking with the older generation for advice from their experience post their depression, the Great Depression. Um, so this renewed uh, sense of respect for experience, um, for feeling like, boy, they've been through a lot. Now I've gotten my first kind of taste of being through a lot when it comes to kind of the stage of uh, the economy. Um, and, and so I'm going to go to the people that kind of have been through it before. So very interesting insight there and, and certainly has implications uh, for marketers that I, I know you can talk to a little bit, Maria. You know, the other thing that we found out when we, at, when we drilled in in this area a little bit uh, further, when you're talking to your husband, you're talking to your mom and dad, or that, you know, very inner circle of good friends. What are you, you know, what are you asking them for advice on? And uh, to a large extent, it's it goes back to that sense of her being uh, overwhelmed by choice and information. So this woman over-indexes for um, saying that, you know what, I'd rather have less choices. So she's really using the inner circle's opinion and experience to help her whittle options. So certainly we can see there what the implications would be for, for marketers. There's mm -hmm. a really uh, important influencer set in that kind of inner sanctum of her connection life. And then let's see here. Um, you know, I think one thing we thought was really interesting was that not only are human beings uh, playing that role of trusted advisor and support system, but she really interacts with her favorite brands, the brands that she's really loyal to, almost as if they're kind of friends. Um, it, it, it was interesting. She really over-indexes for things like, I like to follow my favorite brands on social sites, um, or I'm always looking for my favorite brands. So this is a woman that is very loyal um, to brands, um, which of course has all kinds of implications that I know, um, Maria, you can talk to uh, better than I. And um, so I'll just get to kind of this last insight that we found really fascinating, which is this idea of spirituality. So she is um, really kind of looking for, when you talk about that connection craving, um, it's not just to that inner circle, but also to a sense of community that's going to help her um, kind of get outside of herself a little bit. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty and fear and anxiety roiling around inside of her and con connection to a, a community um, of shared faith really helps her kind of rise above that, um, which, which is definitely a critical um, kind of coping mechanism for this connection craver. Yeah, it is really all about community with her, isn't it? I mean, everything mm -hmm. from that close circle of influence to wanting to be part of something that's bigger than herself. It it was really fascinating to dig into her. And I think, um, you know, as companies listen to this, as marketers listen to this, I think one of the things that we have to keep in mind is there's a lot of advertising out there that really looks at spouses and parents in a way that's very stereotypical, I think, and, and outdated mm -hmm. versions of them. And and women are picking up on it and they're they're calling foul on a lot of these companies that, you know, may make spouses look like complete ninnies or 
or parents look elderly and out of touch. And for this woman, that couldn't be less true. I mean, she's respecting their opinions. She's seeking them out. And I think companies have a huge opportunity to really show those relationships in their real light. And I think these women would really appreciate it. And I know, too, that... um, you know, you talked a lot about that brand as a BFF, I mean, a best friend forever kind of thing. And I think for brands where you have that loyal follow, following, my gosh, you know, treat it like a relationship. You know, spend time mm-hmm. with her, talk to her, um, you know, give her unexpected gifts. I mean, I think that the brands that end up doing that, oh, my gosh, it's just been huge to see the reverberations on their business, the word-of-mouth buzz that could happen. And that's all the way down to, you know, Facebook, to Twitter, to, you know, what's happening in store, um, even on the ground, sales staff, or customer service where you can surprise and delight her. Even if she may be disgruntled initially, let's say she's had that poor reaction, there's been a, uh, you know, maybe something that didn't meet her needs, if you can step in and address that right away, you know, you can, you can save her, you can save that relationship. Because again, this is a connection craver. She's looking for that relationship, um, that circle of influence, uh, so that she can get down to just the best option. Uh, It's all about whittling, as you said, those options uh, to get down to the absolute best. Um, We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about that last mindset, the escape artist, and she may not be who you think she is, so stick around. More from Kelly and myself when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com 
Maximize ROI to use your time. WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I've been talking today with my colleague here, Kelly Thompson, uh, who's the Senior Partner and Director of Brand Planning at Carmichael Lynch, my sister agency to Carmichael Lynch Spong. And we've been talking about proprietary research that we conducted um, around marketing to women, but specifically around women and how they've been reacting to the economy over the last four years. And it's really become her new normal. And we wanted to get a better understanding of how she has been coping. And we found three mindsets, three three major mindsets, one of which will end up probably being dominant for most women. There's going to be a secondary and a tertiary normally. Um, but, but we've talked a little bit about the first two, um, the connection craver and the creative controller. And Kelly, the escape artist, was one that I know you and I thought at first might be kind of more of the frivolous, but that's yeah. really not the case, is it? No, it isn't. You kind of, you think escape artist and you have visions of a glass of red wine, maybe a chocolate brownie. This is going to be the fun one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but what we realized is that there's just, there's a very serious underpinning to this this coping kind of mindset and the behaviors there. And this woman is very, um, I would say, you know, realistic. We almost kind of, I remember we had a lot of conversation, Maria, is she pessimistic or is she realistic? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think realistic in terms of, you know, the, the kind of serious um, and somewhat um, scary environment she finds herself in right now. This woman says, you know, that for her being able to escape from what she sees as pretty harsh realities. You know, over and over again we heard, I, you know, my situation is not great right now, and I don't see it getting any better. Um, so I I need to be able to kind of just check out a little bit. It's going to keep me sane. It's going to keep me going from, you know, going to a kind of a dark place. And so there's a real sense of um, self-awareness and emotional self-reliance um, that we see in this escape artist. Now, on the flip side, there is, you know, her escape is can be very fun. You know, she values fun. She values spontaneity and a sense of release. Um, and so, you know, as with the other couple mindsets, we were able to kind of extrapolate some key insights that we thought illustrated her way of working in the world uh, really well. Um, the first one was this idea of um, kind of the new getaway. What we first started uh, seeing in, when we were looking at all the verbatims in the survey that came back was a lot of them were talking about um, this idea of that the weekend getaway or the three-day, the long weekend, seeing a lot more of that. So the resurgence of the kind of um, the, just the long weekend um, definitely uh, was, was evident in how these women were thinking about getting away. But even more micro than that, um, she was seeing, you know, just kind of like a moment in the sun on the back porch um, or, at, you know, even grocery shopping at night by herself without the kids where she has, you know, she knows a few of the people that work there and she could just leisurely kind of peruse the aisles. That was, that felt like a little getaway for her, a little moment of escape. 
Um, we also saw some interesting behaviors when it came to, you know, going online, going to say, you know, kayak.com or some of the, um, you know, the cruise brands that have websites, um, and kind of dreaming and planning, but having the dreaming and planning really be the kind of the sense of getaway itself because she knows realistically that she's going to have to put off that vacation for some time until she feels uh, financially stable again. So I thought that was really interesting and, and kind of related to that was this idea of um, those are actually, you know, kind of physically getting away. She's also kind of escaping just in what we call mind vacations. Uh, so when we asked her what's the number way, number one way you seek escape, it was television still. Um, mm -hmm. By uh, far, television. Um, so we saw in kind of the lineup this year, uh, the studios responding in that they were, you know, a lot of kind of fantasy type programming, um, but also through reading, which we've we've seen that kind of popped up number two and. We're seeing, you know, with Fifty Shades of Grey, The Hunger Games, just really the resurgence of the big pop book phenomenons, um, which which we thought was very uh, very interesting. And, and then one woman was, you know, she talked about music, and so we all know how music can transport her. Um, so her escape time, she calls her her time, is when she's got the kids down for a nap. She might be vacuuming, and she puts on the '90s pop music and kind of goes back to those high school glory days. So um, very interesting kind of new way she's escaping when we talk to her about how often, which I think we were thinking, you know, this is this is a phenomenon that happens maybe once a week. Right. Uh, it's kind of a splurge, you know, to be able to kind of get away from it all. 50% mm -mm. of them are getting kind of uh, self-aware of needing to escape um, once a day or even several times a day. Yeah. So That's then we can see where. Yeah, it is. It is. But you know, I think as we shift our understanding of how she's escaping, it, that becomes more understandable um, because there is this. Um, it, it's not the splurge anymore uh, in in the mannerisms and ways she's escaping. It really is this idea of kind of mini indulging. So we mm -hmm. talked about one of the new getaways maybe being. Uh, Ship to a, a trip to a, a grocery store or sitting outside on the porch in the sun for a moment. Likewise, you know, she's she's saying like even just a snack. My I love Skippy peanut butter. One of the women that we followed in the ethnography, um, her mid morning Skippy peanut butter snack. That's a little escape for her. Um, so this this idea of micro indulging we see her doing more frequently um, as a as a means of coping. And um, and I think, you know, the final kind of thought on the escape artist is this idea of um, kind of going solo. So these moments of escape are really happening on her own. And she's aware of this, and she's able to talk to this. She's, you know, she says, more me time, this idea of time to myself is really what's going to help me the most in my ability to cope with my present circumstances. Yeah, those so mini indulgences and yeah, it, the mini indulgences, the going solo, the fact that she sees the need to do this multiple times a day. I mean, think about the opportunities for marketers. I mean, they're they're so numerous, too numerous to name today. But you know, she's dreaming, right? She's planning. You talked about how she just the art of the act of dreaming about that vacation. So you know, if your brand is there, whether it's in you know 
the, the publication that she's reading or if it's online when she's searching for that cruise or if, you know, you've got a game, an interactive game. This woman's a big gamer, you know, and your brand is there helping her do that escape or helping her plan or helping her dream. Huge opportunity for brands to connect with her in this way and assist her really in that escape, which she finds vital to her own health and wellness. Um, and then, you know, being having your product and brand available uh, when she wants to just make that quick escape. So what we found interesting is um, her shopping cart is actually larger than the two other mindsets, and mm-hmm. it's really driven in large part by those spontaneous purchases of things like Dove Dark Chocolate or coffee or things that she says, these are going to help me in my escape. So for marketers, think about that. Um, you know, where are you placing your product in caps, in aisle, at checkout? Those are the places that you're going to capture her attention. And the other thing that I found over and over again, and I know we talked about it, um, especially coming out of those girlfriend groups, were the wit and humor that seems to really attract her attention. Wit, because it causes her to pause and kind of think about it and transports her a little bit. And then humor, because it makes her laugh, which is, of course, a perfect way to escape, a little bit of humor. So just just a plethora of ways to connect with her. And I know, you know, we're just barely scratching the surface here and, and we've got lots of ways to slice and dice this data, which really is the value, I think, of the research. And, um, you know, we can even take our mindsets and intersect them with targets that have already been done by companies, right, Kelly? So, yeah, you know, gosh, bring on, bring, bring on the request, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I welcome anyone that wants to um, learn a little bit more about the study, any of the mindsets, or, you know, better understand how their particular brand works within this mindset landscape. Um, I'm easy to get a hold of and welcome um, any calls or emails. You could just go to our, our website and, and, uh, and, and contact us through there. That's right. That's CarmichaelLynch.com. And then um, you, can, you can definitely connect with Kelly there. And, of course, you know where to get me, listeners. You know how to get me. Pretty easy to do. Kelly, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk about the research. It's, it was a fun, fun project. And I know that we'll just continue to learn from it. There's just so much data that we haven't even got around to really analyzing. So more to come on that, right? Absolutely. It's a journey. Um, It's been great. And thanks so much for having me, Maria. You bet. And thanks to everybody else for joining me today. Again, you can learn more about Kelly and connect with her at CarmichaelLynch.com. Thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.